It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros Baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to an Astroline show presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. I'm Todd Callis for the first Astroline show of 2023, joined by Steve Sparks. Sparky, Happy New Year. How you doing, buddy? Happy New Year. I mean, it's, a, it's another opportunity uh, to watch and broadcast and maybe back-to-back championship uh, Major League Baseball teams. And it's exciting because this team is loaded for bear once again. We get to be a part of it. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to you as well. Tonight, our guests revolve around the pitching staff, the guys who put the staff uh, together in terms of their success, leading the American League in ERA, leading the American League in WHIP, uh, leading the way to an to an American League championship, and then of course a World Series championship. We're going to talk to the pitching coaches Josh Miller and Bill Murphy. Sparky, I didn't know how good this pitching staff could be in 2022. They exceeded anything I could have imagined. How about you? Well, it was one of the questions going into spring training without Brent Strom, who did a phenomenal job with this organization and really turned around the philosophy behind the pitching organization, uh, just what they were going to be losing. You know, and and Stromy, you know, quite frankly, was telling us that we were in good hands. The Astros were in good hands with who they had. And, And it's part of, you know, what we've seen for years and years, the coaches that have their their tree, you know, so to speak. And, and Stromy's left a, a couple of good ones for the Astros, two guys with different personalities, uh, with different, uh, probably strengths that they can, uh, kind of bounce things off each other, but very intelligent. And we're able to just keep this thing rolling and, you know, not just keep it rolling, but keep these guys moving forward and, and progressing. And what we saw in the postseason alone was something we may never see again. Man, uh, it was incredible. And the and the depth of this pitching staff, and they didn't have to test the depth that much this past year, which was also very important. That's the key to the whole thing is they were so healthy all year, you know, and you knock on wood all the time. And, you know, Lance had a setback early and, and he uh, was afforded the opportunity because everybody else stayed so healthy and the team played well to not rush himself back into the rotation. And, you know, you put that six-man rotation together with JV and giving him extra rest coming off of two years of inactivity. Uh, it, you couldn't have scripted it better because they were fresh as daisies going into the playoffs this year compared to everybody else. Yeah, a remarkable year of health. Everybody on the training staff, everybody uh, that in, is involved with getting the pitchers ready to go deserve a lot of credit for that. We're going to hear from the guys who are the pitching coaches for the Houston Astros, as Sparky mentioned, taking over for the incredible Brent Strom. We've got Josh Miller on deck. Then we've got Bill Murphy coming up after him. When we come back on Astro Line, presented by Pluckers Wing Bar, we will hear from the Astros pitching coach, Josh Miller, right after this. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros Spring Ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. The Houston Astros do it again. 
2022 World Series champion. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Pluckers Wing Bar, Todd Callisty Sparks. We are happy to be joined by the Astros pitching coach, Josh Miller. Josh, coming off the high of the 2022 World Series Championship. First of all, thanks for joining us. Tell us what you've been up to this winter. Oh, man, what a what a crazy whirlwind it was at the end of the season. Uh, you know, winning in, in game six in front of the home fans and the parade was amazing. You guys were part of it. Um, you know, got home, relaxed a little bit um, with family and and um, just kind of, you know, debriefed from the, from the season, uh, spending some time. We didn't do any crazy travel, didn't have any crazy things, just had a nice Christmas, a nice New Year's with family and uh, getting ready to get gear back up for spring training. Yeah, an amazing year from so many vantage points. Uh, just trying to dive in a little bit into your background so fans have a better idea. Obviously, they know. Uh, the great Brent Strom left the Astros and there were so many concerns. What's going to happen with the pitching? The pitching was off the charts, incredible in 2022. But there are a lot of steps along the way to get you into that position where you could succeed in that role you had in 2022. Take us back, uh, former minor leaguer, played in some indie ball. Take us back through the process, I guess, if you can, into what made you want to become a coach uh, at this level. Sure. Um you know, first and foremost, I never set out on this baseball journey to become a coach. You know, I, I wanted to to be like Sparky there and and, and be a major league pitcher. Uh, you know, played in college at NC State, was drafted by the Phillies uh, as a senior, played in their system for four years and was released. Uh, tried to stick with it, went to indie ball, performed pretty well and, and got signed by the Astros out of indie ball and played in, in our system for um, parts of four years. Um, 2008 being the last one where I was a member of the Round Rock Express, um, did not get re-signed as a minor league free agent and played indie ball, played overseas a little bit in Taiwan for the next couple of years. And finally, as a 30-year-old uh, pitcher, my stuff was deteriorating and my body was deteriorating. And, um, you know, it was time to, to, to move on. Um, you know, the, the indie ball circuit kind of played itself out and I wasn't getting much interest to get back into affiliated uh, baseball, which was my goal to, to be a major leaguer and um, just look to stay in the game somehow to be, uh, you know, involved in any way. So I sent my resume out to every team, um, said I'd be interested in anything and heard back from a few, um, was hired as a pro scout ultimately by the Astros, um, did that for two years. And, and, you know, I liked the gig. It was neat. It was a part of it, but it wasn't what I, you know, had hoped. So I, I, you know, kick the tires on any coaching possibilities. And at the time they had a few um, openings and I, I transferred over to player development and was a rookie ball pitching coach, did that for a couple of years. Um, went out to the Arizona fall league was our, our representative coach one year. And, and that kind of springboarded me to, you know, being promoted up the ranks a little bit and ended up being the complex coordinator, which is like the rehab coach, lower level coordinator, and then promoted to pitching coordinator for a year. And then when, um, Doug White left to be the uh, Anaheim Angels um, pitching coach. The bullpen coach position became available and, and was hired in 19 and, um, you know, was in that role for a couple of years uh, working with Strami. And then he moved on and, uh, you know, kind of felt fell into the job in the dugout with Dusty uh, last year. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if I was ready, but it seemed like everything worked out and, um, you know, had a, have a great group of pitchers, a great staff, and, and certainly, you know, it cast a good light on me uh, personally. But, the, you know, the pitchers did great, and uh, hopefully we can keep it up next year. Josh, I've had some people tell me, some coaches and managers tell me that coaching was even more rewarding to them than, than playing was. Did you get that sense right away when you started coaching, and what were the yeah. rewards you got? Yeah, very rewarding. You know, um, you can take from from your you know successes and failures as a player and, and kind of 
think about critically what you would have done differently or what maybe a, a message you could have received that you didn't get could have could have helped or could have changed things along the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see things work out. Um, obviously, I didn't realize my goal to be a major league pitcher. And if I would have done things a little differently, maybe I could have. So I try and um, take that perspective and, and that experience and, and, and help with the players. And I think it, it, it helped a lot of guys in the minor leagues and, and, um, you know, my experience with the guys on the major league staff, I think the familiarity that we have, um, the relationships that, that, you know, you can, you can build and, and maintain have, have definitely, um, been rewarding for me, for sure. What were, what are some of the things that, you know, there's so many more things at your disposal now, but what are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you wish you would have known when you were a pitcher? Um, well, the, uh, the importance of strength and conditioning and, uh, mm. things of that nature, I think I could have dedicated a little more resources to that. Um, and it probably would have helped me out, uh, quite a bit. Um, some of the, the pitch shape, pitch metric data we get, and we know guide some of our decisions. If I would have known that now, I would have uh, probably pitched different hitters a little bit differently and, and, and would have been better. You know, I was I was pretty good until I got to AAA and left handed hitters just did me a number. You know, every time any any tough lefty was up there, I didn't have many weapons to get him out because I kept trying to throw sinkers down and away and yeah. kept hitting hitting balls in the gap. And I was backing up bases. You know, I probably would have done things a little bit differently against against power lefties. So, Josh, the, the cool thing about the incredible success the Astros have had in, you know, three of the last four years getting to the World Series is obviously you're playing for it all three out of four years. The drawback on that is you've got a lot of pitchers who have thrown a lot of innings without a lot of rest in the offseason. I guess the fact that you've done this before in 19 and 21 will help you prepare to how how to manage 22 and 23. But has that been a process to try and know, you know, how how much to push the gas early on for the next season? Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky part is, you know, when, when I was in the minor leagues for so many years, like you had a pretty defined date of, okay, this is how much runway you have to build up for next spring training and you can have innings targets and you're not uber concerned about winning and maximizing a guy's workload to to win a game or to, you know, get them to their their, their best, you know, most productive in terms of volume performance. Um you know, with the big leagues, it's tricky. You don't know, like, if, if we had a bad year and, and, and didn't make it to the postseason, like, we'd have an extra five weeks to, you know, rest or take a more measured uh, approach to build up and, and development in the offseason. You know, pitching to the November 5th or 6th and having to crank back up for February 25th or 6th. You know, that's a really, really narrow window. And, and we've had to adjust on the fly. You know, like you mentioned, the, the good part about it is the last handful of years, we've all experienced it. Um, you know, most of the guys on the staff last year, it's, it's not going to be their first rodeo into having a short window to prep for the for the next year. As we sit here, just, you know, a little more than a month away from all of us gathering again at West Palm Beach, uh, how much are you monitoring guys individually right now? And uh, what's the work like right now? Yeah, so Murph and I kind of, you know, loosely stay in contact with everybody. We have, um, you know, every couple of weeks, we'd like to at least uh, touch base with via phone call or or Zoom call or, or FaceTime just to check in and see how guys are doing. Um, you know, uh, about a week to 10 days after uh, we wrapped up the World Series, we all touched base and, and made sure everybody had a solid plan for they're throwing and their workouts. And then we touch base a little bit before Christmas just to make sure everything was going good. And we started our third round of communication. Just, uh, you know, guys are, are typically getting ready to get off the mound here in the next week or two and uh, and start up the, the ramp up that way. And, you know, we like to stay in contact. Um, you know, Murph and I split the split the list of, uh, of pitchers kind of down the middle. And, and we have a little bit of cross communication just so they're hearing a different voice and and uh, it's it's been a pretty good system last couple of years, and, and that's what we're, we're doing this year. Josh Miller will have more on Astro Live, presented by Pluckers, right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 23rd annual Shriners Children's College Classic returns to Minute Maid Park March 3rd through March 5th. See some of the top collegiate programs in the country take the field for a three-day tournament. Learn more at astros.com slash college classic. Josh, what do you anticipate as far as the rules changes with the pitch timer and the, the, the running game on how to combat that? I'm sure you guys have had conversations with your players already, but they may have to come in different shape having to pitch uh, a little more frequently in between pitches. Yeah, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm a little terrified for, for yeah. what could happen uh, with these rule changes in the, in the pitching. Um, like you mentioned, the, the pitch clock and the pitch timer is going to you might need a, a different level of cardiovascular fitness to, to pitch a little more frequently. Uh, we're going to have to be on the same page with the with the catcher and the game plan um, with runners on base. We're not going to be able to pick over to first as much as we had uh, in, in the last couple of years to combat the running game. Um, you know, it's going to put an emphasis on being quick to the plate, put an emphasis on, on tightening up the communication with the catcher. Um, you know, the, uh, I, I, I don't know what's to come. Um, we're going to play with, with some of these rules in spring training, I assume. So we'll get a little accustomed yeah. to it and, uh, hopefully, uh, we can smooth out any kinks before, uh, before we face the White Sox. When they limit how many times you can throw over with the runner on first base, is that going to be a strategy? Like you're going to say one, keep that in your belt as long as you can, as much as you can. Yeah. You know, we, we, we haven't uh, determined the optimal strategy, but uh, yeah, I would say that after you pick over twice and the guy's still safe, it, it, it turns into a, uh, a running start with the the guy at first base. So we're going to have to be a little judicious, judicious about uh, how many times we throw over there. Certain guys on your staff, like a Jose Arquiti, probably doesn't have to worry about the pitch clock. He gets it and goes. But were there other guys you're like, hey, you may want to work on, on speeding things up this offseason just to get ready? Yeah, you know, there's a couple guys that that shake as a habit and not so much to shake off the sign that they see. They just shake because that's their routine to just shake through a bunch of signals to p- mm. potentially throw off a hitter or whatever. That's probably going to have to uh, reduce or be minimized. Uh, thinking of Lance and Framber in that aspect. Um, you know, Framber, sometimes if things get off the rails a little bit, he gets in a behind count or something doesn't go right in inning. He likes to take that long lap around the back of the mound and kind of get down in a crouch and collect himself and, that's going to equal a ball every time he does it uh, this year. So we're going to have to go ahead and get better about getting the ball and collecting ourselves a little bit differently. Um, those are the two guys that come to mind. Um, you know, Luis Garcia with his uh, unique delivery, um, haven't gotten uh, exact clarity on what that's going to mean for the pitch clock. Um, but, uh, you know, again, hopefully we'll, we'll get some of these kinks ironed out in spring training. When you said you haven't got clarity in theory, it's when he starts his motion or that still hasn't been. Yeah, I, I think I think it is, um, you know, the 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 wind up and stretch differential is is the, the thing that that is weird. I know the minor league rule that they had played under in previous years. You just had to come set and that stopped the clock, but that's different now um, with his, with his windup. I think there's some question. I know he was called for a balk last year with a runner at third base, if it's even a legal windup. Um, so we're, we're going to have to get some things clarified here in, in spring. We couldn't help uh, last year, but think the, the way things transpired and as fresh as you guys looked in the postseason, that the six man rotation uh, had a lot to do with that. Are you guys tinkering with the idea with, with even with JV gone uh, running a six man rotation out there? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the six man rotation kept everybody, uh, you know, f- fresher throughout the season, able to work longer, able to work deeper with higher quality stuff each start. Um, I think, you know, as long as our personnel matches up and we have good health, um, anytime we can employ a six man rotation, it's going to be better for each guy in, in the rotation at that time. I know the early schedule isn't really conducive to it because um, yeah. we have like an off day every Thursday um, for the first couple of months, it seems like. But, um, you know, we're definitely going to look to maximize everybody's uh, uh, performance. And I think the six man rotation did play uh, a pretty big role and factor into how well our starting pitching did last year. Hey, in your eyes, what turned 
the most for Brian Abreu? How did, how did he take that next step or, or maybe the next 10 steps uh, right before our eyes in the second half and beyond? You know, it, it was a guy like his stuff didn't really match up with the performance um, yeah. for the last couple of years. Um, in 21, you know, we thrust him into some big spots in the seventh or eighth inning and, and it, everything didn't go uh, as we would have hoped. And, you know, while he had a, a decent year, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't great. It didn't match up with his stuff. Last year, he was kind of a guy waiting for his chance. You know, our, our bullpen was so good that he was like a de facto last guy in the pen mop up type role guy for the first two thirds of the season almost. And his performance was fantastic. It was great. You know, our, our front office was saying this guy's, you know, God, he's one of the best relievers in, in, in the league. You know, can we, can we use him a little differently? And, and we did, we, we made an effort to maybe in spots, you know, use him in, in, in a, in a role that, you know, maybe other guys were getting early in the year and, 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 and handling very well. And I think that played a role into, you know, giving some guys uh, some time off and some down days. Brian answered the answered the call, uh, you know, kept executing pitches at a high level. He was throwing his breaking ball for strikes and for putaways. And, you know, the stuff is just fantastic and um, kind of springboarded him into into the postseason. And he was he was great. Um you know, hopefully we can uh, we can keep up the the level of performance and, and he can be a big part of, of uh, 23. Josh Miller, our guest pitching coach for the world champion Houston Astros. I know that has to sound pretty nice. Uh, when you look at last year's team, there's old adages in baseball. Never make the first or third out of third base. You never have enough pitching with that adage. You never have enough pitching. I think about Seth Martinez, who has pitching great and just didn't have room for him to stay on the roster when everybody was healthy. I think about Hunter Brown, who might've been in a rotation for almost a lot of other teams by the all-star break, if not earlier, barely got a chance to show his stuff late in the season. You know, you mentioned Abreu and what he did in the postseason. Ryan Stanek set the record. We barely saw Ryan that much in the postseason. Did you, was that as close a pitching staff as you've ever had where you had enough pitching in one year? It was, it was extremely difficult. Like we, uh, you know, we were watching, monitoring Hunter Brown's minor league year. And then like the guy just strung together outing after outing and was doing extremely well. And we're like, okay, well, where do we bring him up? All right. Oh, okay. Do we, what do we send down? Who, who do we send down? Like, who do we send to the bullpen? Okay. We can bring him up as a bullpen guy. Okay. Well, which bullpen guy do we send down? And, you know, we were, we were blessed with health for the most part, you know, uh, Oder Izzy had that injury earlier in the year and Lance missed the first you know, half or so of the season with injury. But other than that, we, we, you know, we're, we're largely healthy and it's hard when everybody's performing and, and everybody's healthy, it's hard to get an opportunity. Um, you know, Stanek had a phenomenal year. He was great. And he's been a big part of our team and a big part of our bullpen for the last couple of years. And it, it just so happened that, that other guys, when, when they were pitching, they were pitching well. And, you know, uh, him being professional, understood it. And whenever his name was called, he was ready and expect him to, to do the same things when, uh, when his name's called this year. This question's more like sparky, like a little off the wall. But I, I, I want to ask you about <laughs> your first year as the pitching coach, because every pitching coach, when they go out to the mound, has their own little styles, idiosyncrasies. Some guys cover up their mouths. Did you think about that? going into your first season like what uh, how fast do I go out there what's my style of conversation once I'm out there do you think about that in advance so I didn't I didn't think anything about it until everybody started critiquing me and uh <laughs> and everybody and then one time we were in Seattle I believe and I was talking I was talking about the attack plan to the hitter that was coming up and Bregman says hey dude cover your mouth you're on the big screen and everybody can read your lips and I was like, oh, man, this is stuff I didn't think about. This was, you know, er pretty early in the season. And it's not something I think about. I, I talk kind of fast. I don't think I'm, I'm an easy lip read. But, you know, that stuff starts entering your mind. And, and every once in a while, I got to remind myself to, to cover up. if I'm talking about something that, you know, can be maybe maybe garnered by a runner on base or a coach at first and third that can that can maybe tip something off to a hitter. So, no, I didn't think about those things, but uh, I was reminded. Also, uh, earlier in the year, um, I didn't know what a, a, what a proper cadence to the mound was. And I would be getting uh, made fun of for how quick my, my jog out there was or mm. my walk back. And, um, you know, 
not thankfully, but a, a, a coaching staff knee injury that I suffered during the year slowed me down quite a bit. So I, I got to take my time and, and stroll out there for the last, uh, you know, third or so of the season. Todd, that was actually your best question ever. <laughs> hey, iPad adjustments. You guys, I see it in the bullpens. You know, we see it in spring training. Uh, you guys monitor things. You can, as a pitcher and a coach, you know, look at, at some things. And if you're saying something, give me an example or some of the people an example of what you might see, what a pitcher can look at and how he can make an adjustment on the fly. You know, I'll say that the uh, the MLB uh, issued iPads and the, and the app they put together are, are phenomenal tools in game, um, you know, to to access, you know, five or six different camera angles and compare pitch to pitch. Um, you can look at, you know, delivery if, you know, on your fastball, your, you know, your arm slot is is somewhere and on your slider, your arm slot is somewhere else. So you can kind of show in slow motion and frame by frame and show the difference. Um, also, some information that's on the iPads is the 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 pitch metrics, those so the vertical and uh, horizontal movement, the spin rate, um, some release uh, measurements that are that are um put together through the Hawkeye systems that are in every major league ballpark. And those things can kind of lead us to, um, you know, what could be going wrong somewhere. And then we can look at the, at the video and be like, okay, this is where those are different. So let's, uh, you know, let's, let's adjust uh, and do this a little differently with your delivery. And it might get things more consistent or back on, on track to what we're normally seeing from a guy. What a luxury, too. This is my last question, but what a luxury it is for you, even as a pitching coach, to not have to search and go through your Rolodex of what might be going on. You can pinpoint it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, having, having the video and the uh, the pitch metrics is an invaluable tool, um, stuff that it gets missed by the even the best trained, um, you know, eyes from the dugout. Uh You know, it's it's right there and, and we can compare pitch to pitch and, and that and the, the pitcher's. Um, all, you know, each a little differently, but all of them uh, utilize it. And it's, it's a good tool for sure. Final question for me, Josh, and thanks for the time today. We really appreciate it. Uh, you Normally you, you set up your spring training lineup exactly the way you want. Guys go X amount of innings, X amount of pitches early, and then you ramp it up from there. This time you're going to have a lot of variables with the World Baseball Classic. How, I guess the WBC, you're in constant communication with the various teams. Tell us how that works. Yeah, so we're going to have a, a you know a handful of guys at least uh, at, as last note that will participate for their their uh, respective countries in the in the WBC. Um, you know, it's going to be a little tricky. Uh, the good thing is that there's you know not not a, a super long blackout date of when they're going to be gone um, and. I think most of our participants are going to be in the in the the pool bracket that's going to be in Miami, so it's not super far away from West Palm Beach. Um, so they'll be able to go participate in their games. If they advance, I think they still will come back and train with us and then go back for the next round. I think Good. that's my understanding of how it's going to work. Um, you know, the guys that are going to participate in it are, are going to be a little bit training a little bit differently than, than other guys just because the added intensity of – um, you know, the pitches they're going to be throwing March 8th and 9th are going to be a little different than guys in regular spring training games. So we got to get a little more uh, um, built up, so to speak, a little more uh, resiliency in the arm and, and get it ready to, to be throwing full throttle a little earlier than normal. But uh, other than that, I don't think there's going to be any issues. I know Omar Lopez is, is going to be involved with Team Venezuela, so he'll, he'll have uh, Luis Garcia uh, potentially under his tutelage there. Um, you know, we should have a, a handful of our, our DR arms are going to be pitching for them. Uh, I know Presley's going to be pitching for Team USA, I believe. Um, you know, Jose pitching for Mexico. Um, you know, we'll we'll have some some say. They have some pretty good guidelines in place as a as a blanket plan for for pitchers in terms of pitch counts and innings limits and and how guys can be used and. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll be similar to, to winter ball where everybody involved in, in those teams are going to be super cooperative with uh, organizations and, and have the best interest to all the guys in their mind. 
Josh, we can't wait to see you uh, down at spring training uh, 2022. What what a year. Congrats on everything. Congrats on leading the AL on ERA. Congrats on the unanimous Cy Young Award winner. Most importantly, congrats on being a world champion pitching coach. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Sparky. You guys take care. You got it. Thanks, Josh. That is Josh Miller. We'll have more on Astro Live presented by Pluckers right after this. The Astros Buddy Club presented by HEB is the official kids club of the Houston Astros. And is the coolest way to show off your Astros pride. For just $30, kids 12 and under receive an exclusive Astros jersey, an Astros hat, a drawstring bag, a lanyard, and four vouchers for an Astros game. Join the club today at astros.com slash buddies. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros Spring Ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com slash spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. Your Astros are world champions, and the Astros team store has all the best gear to celebrate. Get the official World Series champion on-field collection, plus jerseys, hats, t-shirts, memorabilia, and more today. Visit astros.com slash team store for store hours and information. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Earlier, we heard from Josh Miller. Now we hear from the other pitching coach for the Houston Astros. You see Josh a little more frequently with his visits to the mound. Bill Murphy joins us. He is located in the bullpen, uh, as important to that Astros team ERA title and also a World Series title. Murph, first of all, thanks for joining us. Tell us how the offseason has been. I, I know November 2022 is one you might not forget for a long time. Yeah. First off, thanks for having me. It was very eventful. Started with us winning the World Series, which was an amazing experience. And then I actually got married to my wife, Lindsay, November 20th. And then we went on our honeymoon. So a lot of things going on in the month of November, but it was absolutely fantastic. And you also celebrated your 33rd birthday during that month as well. Uh, it's a very young age to be a pitching coach at the major league level. What Take us through the background a little bit. You were at Wagner. You ended up being a coach at a couple of universities. Tell us about that transition from the collegiate game into the pro uh, game with the Astros. Yep. So I played for three years at Rutgers University. I graduated with a degree in psychology, and then I got my master's degree and played one year at Wagner College in Staten Island. Um, after that, I coached in a couple uh, summer leagues, um, with the last one being the Cal Ripken League. And then I got a job as the volunteer assistant at Georgetown University. Um, that next summer, while I was at Georgetown, I coached in the Northwoods League as a pitching coach for the Battle Creek Bombers. And then I got a job as the pitching coach at Brown University. So I was at Brown for a year and a half, and then um, I got the job with the Houston Astros. Started out in Greenville, so ex extended rookie ball, basically. Then I got promoted to short season A ball, which was the Tri-City Valley Cats. And then in 2018, I was in double-A Corpus Christi with Troy Snicker and Omar Lopez. And I became the pitching coordinator after that in 2019. And then um, last year was my first year in the major leagues. Murph, how did those stops before you got into professional baseball prepare you for, for what you were about to do? Oh, without those stops, without the people that I encountered, I don't know if I would have been set up to have the opportunity with the Houston Astros. Um, I have a fantastic high school coach whose name is John Schmidt, who was a huge mentor to me as well. Um, I coached with him at my high school at Roseau Catholic. I have some friends that I've met along the way, um, one of them being Rob Robinson, who is my best man at my wedding, who I, I coached with in Battle Creek. And then my other best man was Mike McCormick, who I coached with at Brown, who's with the, with the Giants now. So I wouldn't be where I am today without the people who I've met before kind of the Houston Astros thing happened. Bill Murphy, this is Astro Line presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. We'll be back with more right after this. Spring training tickets are on sale right now. Enjoy the Palm Beaches and see your Astros in sunny Florida as they gear up for the 2023 season. Visit astros.com slash spring to learn more. Everybody raves about you and your approach. What would you say your style is as a pitching coach? Somebody who 
just wants to get the players better and tries to maximize what each individual does to the best of their ability. And, you know, I, I think that's a huge strength that Josh has as well is he's able to look at things. He's able to see what people do extremely well and hopefully get them to be a little bit more better in that particular area and, and allow them to be them. I think that's one of the most important things is take each guy and allow them to be the best version of themselves. Sparky asked you about your style and we were getting to know you as the season went along too. And I thought some of the best moments that were captured on video, especially in, in the biggest moments for the Astros were your reactions and the bullpen's reactions to either Jordan walking it off or big moments for the Astros. I love those moments. Do you hear about some of those moments or one moment in particular more than others from some of your bullpen mates? Cause they were some classic reactions. Yeah, they were really fun. I think the home run that Jordan hit against Seattle was probably the biggest reaction and uh, the video went viral to a degree, but um, that was just raw emotion. That wasn't anything planned. We were just so happy that it happened. I mean, Seattle's such a great team. And for that to happen in that way was so special. And it was cool to see Jordan do it. And we were just so fired up, so pumped up. What is the general personality of that bullpen and how much can you influence it? Or is it all based on the guys? A lot of it is based off the guys and the leadership that we have. I mean, Ryan Presley does a fantastic job. Hector Neris um, with the Spanish speaking players. And you couldn't ask for better people in that bullpen. Every single person is a really good human being. They work extremely hard and, and they want to be good. And it makes them very easy to be coached. And most of the time, you're just listening back, hearing what they're saying and trying to assist when they need help. Um, but it, it's been extremely fun. Great group of guys. Hector Neris comes to the Astros last year and his spring training takes all the Latin American guys out to dinner, minor leagues, big leagues. You had to get a chance or, or an opportunity to see what type of player was going to join your group, didn't you? Yes, 100%. And he was great on the field, but off the field, he was even better. He's a he's a role model for the younger Spanish-speaking players that we have and you know, the routine that he has in place that he's done for a number of years that's made him successful is something that I'm sure if you talk to Brian Abreu, Christian Javier, and the likes that they would – tell you he's a fantastic role model everybody talks about players being superstitious uh what's it like take us through innings maybe one through four and then five through nine in the bullpen how the tension changes okay yeah i mean one for one through four maybe even you know one through five just kind of hanging out watching the game and seeing you know what's transpiring and then based off of the starting pitcher's pitch count think that's when you start to realize, okay, you know, this guy has X amount of pitches left and, you know, we may have to get something going. Um, so my particular routine is I would sit down towards the home plate area for probably the first five innings. And then you know, once that sixth inning started, I would set up my little area. So I would have a chair there. I would have my notes, ball, uh, water, whatever it may be. Some people start stretching in the sixth inning, fifth inning, just kind of dependent on when they think they may enter that game. Mm -hmm. When you talk about pulling behind the, pulling the curtain back a little to, to let us into some inside stuff as Sparky was mentioning, what's the, the tension like ramping up? What about guys that are, they're talking more than others. I'm thinking words per inning, maybe Brock Monte might be leading the bullpen, but is there somebody <laughs> else that likes to chat it up out there in addition to Brock? Yeah. I, I think Brock has led words in the bullpen for probably the last 10 years in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Neris definitely keeps it loose. Phil Mates on Ryan Stanek, no doubt about it, keep it loose. It, it, it is an extremely relaxed group of guys. And then as soon as the moment comes, they're able to prepare and lock it in and you know do the job that they know that they have to do. When a starter comes down there, and it's not often, but a lot of times we see it in the playoffs, is that – an interesting dynamic because they're used to hanging out Fromber and Javi and Luis Garcia and Urquidy. And all of a sudden they're jumping into a whole different uh, environment. Is that always a, a little bit of a transition for a starter to kind of find their, their comfort zone in a bullpen that's already been established? Yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to just understanding when they have to maybe get stretching or, or get throwing. So there's just some uncertainty in regards to that. But they're one of the guys out there. They're having fun. They're hanging out. You know, they're they're joking around. And 
they just may have to focus up for maybe a little bit longer before their name is called because they're not used to just turning it on just like that. And we get excited about the minor leaguers sometimes. And we were really excited about Hunter Brown uh, before he got to the team. And Josh Miller was talking earlier about, man, there just wasn't room. Everybody was pitching so well and everybody was healthy all year. Couldn't get him up. But once he got there, uh, and I know you're a big fan of Hunter Brown and, and what he uh, could be and mean to to the team. What are you most excited about him? Just, you know, watching him pitch. I want to watch him pitch more. And I've been lucky enough to you know, be with him when we drafted him, you know, seeing that kind of starting point. And I'm very curious and excited for what the future is for him. And, you know, just kind of watch this year, see what transpires and you know, see where he can take it. I think the sky's the limit for him. And it's going to be exciting. Rip off a few names for us that you're excited about uh, that are in the minor leagues right now. And you were down there uh, before the major league camp opened last year and got a lot to see a lot of the minor leaguers uh, this past spring training. Who are you excited to watch this year? So if I, if I had to name three people, I think Misael Tamaris, Spencer Arigetti, and Jaime Melendez would be my wow. three pitchers that I would be excited to, to follow. Misael is from the DR. Jaime's from Mexico, and then Spencer Arigetti is from Houston, actually, U- University of Louisiana Lafayette. The Sparky will be spending a little extra time on the backfields watching those guys in a month or so. You mentioned it when we started this about your crazy month in November, championship parade, birthday, wedding. When was the first chance you had to breathe? I can't imagine going from the World Series to wedding prep, you had any time to breathe. Um, probably a couple days ago, right after the holidays, because we... We went on our honeymoon right after, well, a couple couple days after the wedding, and then we kind of got back. So it's just been a bunch of trying to see family, um, see my mom and dad, see my wife's family, mom and dad. Um, so just kind of enjoying the time. And we have a we adopted a ten month old golden retriever during the season, so that's been a bunch of fun just playing around with him. That's awesome. And now we're we're a month away. Um, it's a unique situation. We were talking to Josh about this a little bit, and that. You normally would have everything so regimented. This guy's going to go this month, number of pitches, this inning. This year, a little different with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, what do you see with the challenges involved there with some of your guys pitching in the WBC? I think a lot of it's just going to come down to communication you know, with myself and Josh and talking to the players and being as fluid as possible. If something happens where we didn't necessarily predict it or he was supposed to throw 40 pitches and he throws 25 pitches, just being able to adjust is probably the biggest thing. But I think it's great that we have a number of pitchers that are representing their country, and that's going to be a moment that they remember for the rest of their lives. So that's really cool. Bill, if I'm a a sophomore in college or a freshman in high school, and I want to increase the RPMs of my fastball or get some better hop on my fastball, uh, how would I go about that? I think if you were a young pitcher, you know, freshman in college and high school, the biggest thing that I would say is get in the weight room, try to get stronger and fill out as much as you possibly can. I think that college baseball does a great job of taking a pitcher who maybe has some deficiencies physically and getting them stronger and getting them to throw harder and getting them to spin the ball more because they're throwing the ball harder. Um, so I think nutrition would be a great avenue to go into and couple that with the strength and conditioning piece if you're able to add 15 20 pounds because you're a projectable right-handed pitcher a projectable left-handed pitcher you're going to throw harder you're going to get better have you guys identified you know ways to increase strength in the wrists and the forearms and the fingers and things of that nature to impart better spin to that's a great question it's not something that i personally have found you know, if you do this, that you're going to increase spin on a fat forcing fastball. Um, I think more so just general strength areas, but nothing that I specifically know that would increase that. So in some indelible images that will stick with you forever, I want to ask you about the moment of the final out, knowing you're a world champion, Ryan Presley on the mound for what, the fifth time out of a six game world series. Uh, take us through that moment. It's always, I haven't seen the video of you guys coming in for the bullpen, but I'm always curious, like the first one out and how that whole thing goes down. 
tell us uh, your immediate reaction and how it went all the way through the celebration in the middle of the field. So I just remember him going down the right field line and thinking that he was going to catch it. And you know, I keep my scorebook. I actually didn't fill out the last out. I just kind of put my stuff down. And then we, we all sprinted in. I think just remembering the embrace that we had with each other. You, when you're near the pitcher's mound and everybody's kind of out there, you're just hugging everybody, congratulating everybody. And then I think it really kind of started to set in when we were, we were on the stage and they were doing the presentation uh, for the World Series trophy and the MVP. Then the next big moment I want to ask you about is being in the parade and what you might have imagined going in and what was it actually like in reality. Unbelievable. So special. The city of Houston, the fans showed out more than I could have ever imagined. Um, me and my wife talk how just amazing that that day was. And I think that is so truly special. The win in the World Series was amazing going through that, but experiencing the parade with with the fans and the streets line with so many people was a moment that I will never forget. I mean, it was amazing. This is the last question from me, Bill. Um, Ryan Presley is one of the best relievers in baseball with about two months left in the season. He pops up with a changeup and he's already got three elite pitches and he starts throwing this changeup in tough counts in big moments all the way through the postseason. It becomes one of his best weapons. How did that transpire? I mean, there's, Brian just has this amazing ability to throw the ball and the ball just moves. Um, I remember watching it at first and, and he said, you know, I got this change up and I thought to myself, okay, you know, let's see this thing. A lot of pitchers have these pitches that they want to throw and he started yeah. throwing it and, and you were like, man, this thing is really, really good. And then he started throwing it in big spots and he, he commanded. And before you know it, you know, he had this other pitch that was awesome. So, you know, i I wish I could tell you that Josh and I told him this special thing and, but it was just, it was all Ryan and he just kind of wow. gripped it and threw it. And it was amazing. Sometimes it works like that. And it's a great, it's a great pitch. Um, you know, that's why he's one of the best relievers in the game. That bullpen pretty much to a man all coming back. I know you're excited about that. I know you probably as much as it has been a whirlwind, as you said, you finally have had a chance to breathe right after the holidays. I, I'm sure you're excited uh, a month from now to get back to West Palm Beach. So thank you very much for joining us today, Murph. And we'll see you in Florida in what? Just a few weeks, I guess. Yeah. See everybody in a few weeks. I appreciate you having me. And it was a fun year. There are a lot of really good people. And I'm I'm more excited to be down in West Palm Beach to see everybody again and hang out and see the guys, see the coaching staff. That's what I'm looking forward to in a couple of weeks. That's Bill Murphy. This is Astroline presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. We'll be back with more as we wrap things up right after this. Guess what? Spring training is coming up quick, and this spring will be your first chance to see the 2022 world champions at Astros Spring Training. Spring training tickets are on sale now. You can enjoy the Palm Beaches and see your Astros in sunny Florida as they gear up for the 2023 season. Visit Astros.com slash spring to learn more. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. The Houston Astros do it again. 2022 World Series champions. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. Welcome back to Astroline. Final segment as we bring you Astroline presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Today is the day that the Astros Championship Trophy Tour begins, presented by Woodforce National Bank. Relive the magic of the Astros 2022 World Series run as the Commissioner's Trophy makes its way to over 100 stops in Texas as well as surrounding areas. For your chance to see the World Series trophy, visit Astros.com slash trophy to see where the trophy is headed next. Sparky, Steve Sparks joining me for that final segment as he has the whole show. Uh, some interesting thoughts there from Josh. Miller and Bill Murphy, and what a year those two guys had. They did. You know, they just kept it going. You know, the Astros pitching and what they've been able to do and turn maybe some pitchers into something they didn't even expect to be. And we've seen that year after year after year. But they were able to take what they had and make everybody just a little bit better, including Justin Verlander, who, who wins a Cy Young Award again. So 
you know, hats off to these guys. You know, probably part of it is just not getting in the way. The other part is is being a babysitter. Part of it's being a psychologist. But uh, more than anything, these guys are really good at what they do, and the Astros are lucky to have them. We mentioned it a little bit with Josh about having enough pitching, and I don't know if a team's ever been better equipped to lose a unanimous American League Cy Young Award winner than maybe the Astros going from 22 to 23. Your thoughts about uh, what they look like going into 23 without JV in, in tow? Well, whenever he says that, I think back in, in particular to the division series against Seattle. It's an 18-inning game, and Josh Miller says afterwards to a reporter, we could have gone 100 more pitches. That's how much pitching they had left in an 18-inning game. That's that's ridiculous that time of year, isn't it? Oh, my God. I mean, we've never seen a team be able to put guys out there and cover so many innings. And, and a lot of it had to do, and they mentioned this, the six-man rotation kept everybody more fresh. Guys had more time to recover. But, hey, their bullpen throughout the course of the season threw fewer innings than anybody in all of baseball. And it really showed when it mattered most. Yeah, it's just incredible stuff. And never after that Pena home run did a one nothing lead feel about as insurmountable as that one, just with the lack of scoring yeah. uh, for 18 innings. Sparky, I know we're getting closer here with, you know, spring training. We've talked about with the two guys coming up in a little more than a month, but also right around the corner, uh, Caravans and FanFest. FanFest is going to be coming up soon. I know you're going to be involved with that. It's a real chance on Saturday January 21st to kick off the 23 season and connect with the fans. And I know a lot of fans are looking forward to that day. Well, it's a love affair. I mean, the team, the city, uh, the surrounding areas, people come from probably two or three hours away, sometimes even more than that, to get a chance to get a little closer and get to know these guys a little bit better. You know, you feel like, you know, because you watch them and you pull for them and you fall in love with them, but to get a chance to get a picture and uh, to have conversations and, and be a little more intimate with these this group of guys, and we couldn't be more proud, you know, just doing what we do, Todd, to see what these guys do in a community. That's what I'm the most proud of. And seeing maybe even Lance McCullers when he was barely 21 years old, he got to the big league. He was already doing all this charity work. I, I was always been impressed with how well this team gets out in the community and uh, shows the fans how much they appreciate them. Not only is today the kickoff of the trophy tour is the first chance to Pick up your vouchers for FanFest. Again, FanFest is Saturday, the 21st of January. You can get autograph sessions, photo opportunities. There'll be plenty of games to play, access to the field, much more. Go to astros.com slash FanFest to claim your vouchers now. They are available as of today. Sparky, as always, so much fun. Uh, we will see you again soon, but uh, looking forward to teeing it up a time or two before spring training starts. That's right. Yeah, bring your wallet. <laughs> that is Steve Sparks. Want to thank our special guests tonight, Josh Miller and Bill Murphy, the pitching gurus for the Houston Astros. I'm Todd Callis. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We will see you down the road for another edition of Astro Line presented by Plucker's Wing Bar. Huddle up. Players, please. Huddle up. Huddle up. Let's win the World Series. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astro Line, the official off-season show of Astros baseball. It's time to get soaked. Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astros are world champions, and here we go! Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Back to you! <laughs>